The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kuwale Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. I am Kule Agbayani holding on the fort. Paul Brecht is, it is Thursday, so Paul Brecht is at Aloha Tower Marketplace at the HPU Esports Arena, powered by DSE Hawaii, ready to bring you Sharks Weekly coming up following this show. And you can, the featured sport for Sharks Weekly is the new sport at HPU Beach Volleyball. That's right. I don't know if you guys are aware, but the Division II schools here, that is uh, Chaminade and and HPU are adding beach volleyball to the lineup. So you can hear from, he is actually taking over the beach volleyball duties as well, who is the head coach for the indoor volleyball at HPU, Jenik Tumaneg. So be sure to stick around for that coming up after this show, a little after nine o'clock. And then Paul Brecht will give us an update as he is on site to let us know who is joining them in or at look at the location today whether or not there will be a couple of student athletes and whatnot all right also i gotta make sure you guys are aware because we added a new or we added an oia broadcast for the week so we will bring you oia girls basketball a playoff action tomorrow evening it'll feature moana lua hosting either mililani or kaiser which those two squads play this evening uh and then we will we will be out at Moanalua. But coming up on the show, later in the show, we will I will go through the brackets for you for the OIA girls basketball playoffs, as well as the HHSAA state championship or state tournament for soccer. So those brackets are out as well with that tournament starting next week. So a lot of stuff, as we know, going on or <laughs> continuing to go on this week with everything, and including how we cover a lot of the D2 sports over here. So stick around for that. Also coming up on the show, we do, it is basketball day as well. So we will hear from a little bit from co- head coach of University of Hawaii women's basketball, Laura Beeman, as they are on the road, getting ready to take on UC Santa Barbara, which is a rematch of last year's championship game in the Big West Conference Tournament. So uh, you best believe that UCSB has had this game circled on their calendar ever since last season. So it's a big game currently because UCSB had fallen to Cal State Fullerton over the weekend, the University of Hawaii is at top of the Big West Conference at the moment, but still a huge game. Got to go through it. And then, of course, there's also University of Hawaii men's basketball today at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. You know where I will be. Uh, And then we'll get you all the updates about that, including I finally was able to go to practice. So I'll give you my thoughts and opinions on uh, some of what I saw at practice. And it really kind of changed my perspective a little bit of what we've been talking about on this show and why it's kind of key that we don't really see a lot of things that go on behind the scenes. So just some perspective for all of you guys in case you've been having a lot of questions like we have. Now, it won't answer all the questions for you. And I there are still question marks. We will see what happens today as they take on a very good but yet underachieving UC Santa Barbara uh, team as well tonight. But we'll talk about that coming up 
on the show. Uh, and then also we will we have a little bit of a treat. We don't really talk about UH women's water polo, but uh, we'll hear from head coach Maureen Cole because they have had a hot start on the road so far, taking down Michigan and Stanford, beating Stanford for actually the first time as this is actually Coach Mo's final season at the helm for the University of Hawaii. So a good start to the season as they will return home. So we'll hear from her a little later in the show. All right. First things first, though, a lot of NFL news in case you guys haven't heard it. I'll start off with the small news. <laughs> so the Carolina Panthers, the job that mm, I don't know if anybody wanted, uh, which is why they have actually hired a new head coach. This is the most recent hiring. Yes, we will get to the big hiring in just a second that everyone has been talking about for like the past I don't know. Has it been 24 hours already? It feels like that's been doing the news cycle lately. But the Carolina Panthers have hired head coach Dave Canales, and he spent the 2023 season as offensive coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport had reported. And another hiring thing they did was they hired a new general manager and president of football ops, Dan Morgan, who succeeds Scott Fitterer, uh, who was fired after the franchise went 2-15 and 15 this past season. Morgan is a former first-round draft pick of the team, played linebacker for Carolina from 2001 to 2007, and made one Pro Bowl. So a lot of stuff going on in the NFL world, but I know what everybody has been talking about so far. In case you haven't seen the news that came out yesterday, Jim Harbaugh, the former Michigan head coach, has been officially hired as the new head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. So big hire for the Chargers. This, If I'm Jim Harbaugh, this is probably one of the more attractive job openings that we've seen so far. To recap, the Raiders had taken off the interim title from Antonio Pierce. So they have their new head coach. Gerard Mayo got announced as the new Patriots head coach last week. And now we have the LA Chargers getting Jim Harbaugh. They have agreed to terms. He was also the former quarterback for the Chargers during the 1999 and 2000 seasons and spent nine years at Michigan. I cannot believe it's been that long already that he has been at Michigan for nine years. Like, that's crazy. The time goes by so fast. It's kind of interesting, though. This is a tweet put up by Front Office Sports. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's past three months investigated by the NCAA, <laughs> suspended for three games, uh, won the national championship, secured $3 million plus in incentives, interviewed with multiple NFL teams, and now has accepted the Chargers head coaching job. And he returns from, you know, after spending... He had spent four years as the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Again, considering that he was the Michigan coach for nine years, I can't believe him coaching the Niners was that long ago already. He was 44-19-1 during his time with the Niners and with three NFC Championship game appearances and a Super Bowl appearance. And now he takes over a team with a clear franchise quarterback that is Justin Herbert. Now, hopefully for all of our Chargers fans out there that Justin Herbert can stay healthy. I personally love Justin Herbert as a quarterback. He is someone that I have changed my opinion on that has transitioned very, very well from college to the NFL. I wasn't a huge fan of him coming out of Oregon. I thought he wasn't going to do that great in the NFL. And lo and behold, I mean, the 
the guy can sling the ball. I think his like velocity of like the way that he throws the football is very similar to Aaron Rodgers. But as we can see so far, he definitely does not have the mm, ego. Yeah, ego is the right word of an Aaron Rodgers. But what I was saying earlier is that this is a very attractive job for someone like Jim Harbaugh, someone that clearly wants to win part of his mission. You know, he accomplished what he needed to accomplish at Michigan, first being that finally getting over the hump of beating Ohio State and then winning the national championship. Whether you want to put an asterisk on that or not is up to you. But he won nonetheless at his alma mater. And now he goes back to a team that he did play for uh, in the past to try to bring them a Super Bowl championship. So I'm a little jealous of this hire because one, again, they already have clearly their quarterback. And two, I think Jim Harbaugh is clearly already proven in the NFL. He the Super Bowl that he made it to the appearance he had lost to his brother. So definitely left the bad taste in his mouth with his which his brother could very well be in the Super Bowl once again this year, which it's Paul Brecht and I that are left that have our teams, both our teams left in the Super Bowl with our early predictions that Paul, myself, Kyle Galdera, and Michael Escarol had written down last week. So we, the Ravens could very much be in it, but it is interesting with Jim Harbaugh coming all the way back to the NFL in case fun fact for everyone that didn't know, you know, you guys know I'm a Chicago Bears fan, obviously, but Jim Harbaugh was actually drafted by the Chicago Bears in the first round of the 1987. That's actually my year. 1987 NFL draft with the 26th overall pick technically drafted before I was born but nonetheless 87 is that year so he's a former quarterback at Michigan drafted by the Chicago Bears in the first round and now he takes over a team who is also a team that happens to be in the state where he is actually from he's originally from Palo Alto so all the stars are essentially aligned for Jim Harbaugh and as I mentioned he has his franchise quarterback that he can automatically work with. Taking a look at some of the opponents that they have coming up, obviously in the AFC West, they will play the Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Las Vegas Raiders a couple of times throughout the season, both home and away. Looking at some of their home opponents, so they got a fun gauntlet of a schedule. Luckily, they play a few of these teams at home. So as I mentioned, Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders, as they do every year because they're in the same division, they will actually host. So this is going to be fun. I'm sure the NFL will get a kick out of making this a thing next season, especially if the Ravens do end up winning winning the Super Bowl this year. The Ravens go over to play the LA Chargers so we'll get another Harbaugh versus Harbaugh coaching matchup and so they host the Ravens they also host the Bengals which would be interesting if if hopefully fingers crossed uh, that Joe Burrow will remain healthy with the Cincinnati Bengals so they host the Bengals and then they host the Saints which they're kind of still figure things out over there the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who have proven that they're a very very solid team and a well-coached team with Todd Bowles and then they host the Tennessee Titans so that uh, Ravens Bengals will be pretty fun to look out for all things considering and then on the road again Broncos Chiefs Raiders they will play the Browns who hey kind of felt like they overachieved this season and then they play at the Steelers Another team that's still kind of figuring it out. Hopefully they don't let go of Mike Tomlin in the offseason. The Falcons, 
left to be seen what happens over there. Uh, the Panthers, a new head coach, as we just mentioned for the Panthers. Uh, the Patriots, another new head coach at the Patriots. And then the Arizona Cardinals is the the final team that they will play on the road. Well, not the final team, but the schedule itself is yet to come out, which comes out a little after around the draft, a little after the draft. So those are the or their road teams. And that's not too shabby of a schedule to play on the road besides the teams that you're already well aware that, you know, you've already dealt with them. Those other AFC West teams. Again, this is not me brushing over the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's just that's just who they regularly play. So it's always fun to look at who their opponents are coming up next season and It'll be it'll be a fun NFL season. So Jim Harbaugh, new head coach for the L.A. Chargers. I'd be curious to see what the futures odds that come out after the Super Bowl is over um, to see how that all that stuff lines up. So we still got a few more coaching jobs open. Uh, some of the coaches that have gone through their second interviews it was funny because we I saw um, I think it was Ian Rappaport had actually tweeted out like only a few hours ago that Dan Quinn is in his second interview in-person interview with the Seahawks. Uh, Bobby Slowick is in his second interview with the Falcons. And Mike Vrabel apparently was in his second interview with the Panthers. And then not too far after or long after that was tweeted out, they came out with who the new head coach of the Panthers is going to be. So still, we still got like the commanders, the Falcons, and again, Seahawks. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. Coaching carousel continues. All right. When we come back, we will talk a little UH men's and women's basketball on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Ogbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Oh, you guys, you guys got to know just because it's just me in the studio and no Paul Brecht. We're party rocking all by myself <laughs> as we do every time. Every Thursday as Paul Brecht is out at the HPU Esports Arena at their Aloha Tower Marketplace campus getting ready to bring you Sharks Weekly following this show. But I'm the only child, you guys, so I it's not a totally far fetched that I I'm fine with having dance parties by myself, as I told you guys before, that I that's what I do at home naturally and naturally talking to myself all the time. It's something that you have to do when you have to keep yourself entertained because quick story, uh, my mom used to always do this to me when I was a kid and maybe that's why I just can easily entertain myself is that uh, she so when I was younger like you know toddler age and every time I would tell my mom like I'm bored I'm bored you know stuff that kids do my mom would always counter that with okay let me give you chores to do you know like all right let's go vacuum or let's go and then I'm then I'm like I'm not bored anymore and then I literally do find other like find things to do so that I am not bored so I think that's part of the reason why I can just you know do my own thing and whatnot is because if there's anything as a kid you do not want to do is chores and then you get to be an adult and you realize that all you have to focus on is chores anytime you have a time off but I just thought I'd share that quick story with you guys because and maybe it makes more sense about my dance parties it's a, there's never a, a bored moment over here in the studio and uh, I do need to give a shout out to our Michigan fr- fan and friends texted in uh that they got a couple of sad michigan fans at their house 
being the kids that he has. They're so cute. Uh, but, you know, understand why he did it. As in case you missed it, we were talking about the uh, hire of Jim Harbaugh to the L.A. Chargers, leaving his alma mater of Michigan. But yeah, can't blame the guy. He accomplished his ultimate goal at his alma mater. And now he is going on the new goal of hopefully winning a Super Bowl and not just getting to the game because he got there already with the Niners. But gotta, it doesn't. it's just not the same until you win all of it. So it kind of reminds me of our chat with Rich Hill, UH baseball head coach Rich Hill on Friday. And he talks about how he goes surfing all the time. And part of that is just he always wants to, you know, challenge himself because he just has that uh, competitive nature about him. And he wants to go out and charge the big waves. He's good, though. He says if he ever needs one of those, you know, vests that you need to um, use to bringing to the surface, he won't go out because he needs to be able to swim or paddle back in on his own accord. But that kind of reminds me of Jim Harbaugh where he's like, all right, challenge completed. Now on to the next. And by the way, if you did miss our chat with Rich Hill, it has been up on our podcast platforms, but it is now up on our YouTube channel. So you can go and watch our episode with Rich and you can see all of his dance moves because he was party rocking as well. So <laughs> give it up to Rich. And he was he was fitting in just fine to our den crew here because he was doing the robot pretty much every single break. He was dancing maybe as much or maybe more than Paul and I usually dance. So mahalo again to Rich Hill for joining us and taking the time as we're getting ready to ramp up to baseball season as well. But you can go and watch it on our YouTube channel available now. All right. Getting or sticking with University of Hawaii Sports, we will start off with women's basketball because we want to play for you some audio from head coach Laura Beeman as the team is on the road to play UC Santa Barbara today. As we mentioned, this is a rematch, a much anticipated rematch for Santa Barbara, that is, of last year's Big West Conference tournament in which the University of Hawaii came back from 15 points down at halftime to take down the Gauchos and win their second consecutive championship and make it to the NCAA tournament. So if you're the Gauchos, this is the one that you've been waiting for this season to try to seek your redemption. Of course, this is the regular season and the tournament is still going to mean that much more, but nonetheless needing to prove that, hey, we can beat you guys this season and they're going to do it. So the they have their chip on the shoulder. The University of Hawaii has been doing phenomenal this season, including the fact that they haven't had a couple of key players. We talked about it the last couple of home games. They did not have Brooklyn Rewers in and were still still able to come out on top the Rainbow Wahine with only one blemish on their record in conference so far. But before we get into the matchup and some of the players to watch out for in the on the UC Santa Barbara side, here is what head coach Laura Beeman had to say earlier this week. Uh, you got to be feeling pretty good about the, the resiliency that these girls have shown from the beginning of the year to now. What's the message in the locker room through these first handful of games in the Big West Conference? Just keep even better. You know, keep celebrating each other. Um, every night we go into a game, it's 0-0. We're not looking at our record. We're not looking at what we did to this team last year, earlier this year. If it's the second time around, it's just focus on Hawaii basketball. Keep getting better. When you have a game like you did where Ashley goes off, you've been mm -hmm. preaching that, hey, in any given night, mm -hmm. someone can lead this team offensively. What you want is that defensively that they're all playing together. 
How important is that though for each of these players here over the last few weeks to have that moment? Because now moving forward, again, I mean, it's not just saying it any given night that these players can step up, but they have the confidence that they've done it. You know, particularly when we're a man down, right? We we didn't have BK this entire week, and so to have Ashley step up against Long Beach, and then Lily and Deja step up against, um, I'm trying to think of who we played on, uh, you'll have to help me out Saturday. Thank you, San Diego. I'm already thinking about Santa Barbara, I apologize. Um, you know, to have a different person step up every night, particularly when you're man down, is huge. Um, our mantra all year long has been celebrate each other. We're going to believe in our process. Mix man up to your point. And when you have someone like Ashley that steps up, not only is it good for the team, it's good for her, but it's really fun for them to see their work pay off. Um, it's fun to see her mom going crazy in the corner. <laughs> so it, it was just a really good feel-good night for her, for sure, and for all of us. It's all the schools in blue and yellow, by the way. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is the problem. Uh, yeah. You, you, uh, you, you mentioned last week uh, about being more aggressive and, and being more physical because that was the way that the games were being dictated by the officials. And we saw that kind of with Kelsey. I know she was on the baseline in one of those plays, gets knocked over completely, no call. And your guys, your girls were able to come out and kind of match that aggressiveness throughout the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. Were you happy with the way that, that that went when you when you made that an important part of that we need to be more aggressive throughout the rest of the season? Yeah, you know, I never ask the girls to watch my media. That's something I don't do. And after the last media or the first media, when I said we will play more physical, if that's the way teams are going to play us and that's the way games are going to be officiated, then we will step up because this is not a group that's soft. And I don't know if they watched it or not, but they know that I called them out on that. And I, I think for like people like Tommy and Kelsey and Deja and Jackie, they were waiting for that moment to say, let's go be physical. We can be physical. Um, you know, there are other players that it's not what they want to do in the forefront of their minds, but no one on this team is afraid of it. So we have to let the finesse players be finesse and the physical players be physical, but everyone can be physical in one way or another on both sides of the ball. And I know a couple times with Scott at halftime, I kept saying, we've got to hit people. we got to hit people. I don't mean that disrespectfully. I don't mean that dirty. I'm not a dirty coach. I've never taught dirty basketball. We are going to match energy with energy. And if that's what we need to do, then we've got a group of kids that aren't afraid to match that energy. Coach, um, I, I know you, you guys don't necessarily look at the standings or kind of, you know, base your guys's you know things on that but i think the biggest story of the weekend was you know after saturday you guys back to the top of the conference mm -hmm. standings how do you kind of measure you know how do you kind of address it but also not address it and keep you know the same message that you've been having um with your girls this entire year you know after the game they knew that we had taken first place because santa barbara dropped that game to fullerton and we said hey you know you guys are number one you need to keep that spot or lose that spot it's as simple as that enjoy your night we're going to get back after it monday um, you know, as luck has it, we're playing Santa Barbara. So I, I know where they are with us. You know, we beat them last year in the championship, down 15. I am sure that some of those players have had this game circled on the calendar. Uh, I know our girls have had it circled on the calendar. And, you know, again, we have it circled not because of the intensity of the game as far as the standings, but we're trying to get better. And we know that Santa Barbara is a very good team. We know how they play. And then we have a tough one on Saturday against Slow. They're incredibly physical. And so this is a really difficult road trip for us. So I know that, you know, after the game it was, okay, yeah, we're back on the top. Go ahead and enjoy your week and forget about it by Monday because we've got work to do. What do you kind of anticipate the biggest challenge is going to be in playing UC Santa Barbara? 
they're really great in the guards. Um, you know, Marin is, is shooting the ball well. She gets to the free throw line very, very well. Um, Alexis Whitfield is playing incredibly well. She's kind of that tweener matchup. You know, they push the tempo, they shoot the ball well. Really well coached. They're very disciplined. They run their sets. Uh, defensively, I think they're going to play our tendency. So if we shoot, someone shoots the ball well, they're going to get guarded. If they don't shoot the ball well, they're going to get played off and they're going to have to prove that they can either hit an uh, uncontested three or a pull-up jumper. Um, our, our bigs, I think, are going to be key. I don't know who we're going into that game with yet. We'll see. Um, they're going to be key because we can either roll our bigs or pop our bigs because we have the, the luxury of having bigs that can do both. And Bonnie knows that. You know, they, they know how we play. We've seen each other now a lot of, uh, in a lot of big games and a lot of just conference games. So uh, we'll see how they're going to defend us. But I think it's going to be the team that makes the least amount of mistakes, the team that makes the most adjustments uh, to what each other is doing. Mm -hmm. And then just, um, you got Jackie back at a pretty good time. I think you mentioned after Thursday's game, you weren't sure if you were gonna play her Saturday. Mm -hmm. She gave you 14 minutes. Um, can you just talk about the importance of those minutes and just how did she kind of respond to getting back out on the court the first Yeah, you know, not having BK was huge for us because BK could handle size. And so when they brought in, um, I think it's Sula or Sule from San Diego, uh, you know, that's not Amani's favorite thing to do is have to just get hit over and over by people that have a little bit of size on her. And so to bring Jackie back in where Jackie's not afraid, she embraces it. She's like, come hit me, you know, and we love that about Jackie. Uh, we played her probably a couple more minutes than, than we wanted to. Uh, we'll see where we have her for Thursday and Saturday. The biggest thing is her safety, her health. Um, I think she feels pretty good right now. Um, Again, don't know if we're going to have BK back. So, you know, we'll take Jackie the limited minutes that, that we get her because of that phys physicality. But it's great to see her back on the court. It's great to see her doing Jackie things. We just have to keep it pushing in a, in a very controlled chaos way for her. Yeah, and, and talking about Jackie's return, you know, for this team, you look back at 2022 Big West Tournament, she's probably the X factor of that whole run. How important is she? to this basketball team and the things that she does bring to the court? Huge, you know, she's so versatile, right? She literally could play one through five offensively. Defensively, she might struggle on some point guards, but she allows us to switch across the board. She can rebound and run, shoots the three. So if a big has to stay back and protect, you know, the basket because of our guard play, Jackie can pop. If we, if they go small on us, Jackie can post them. There's just all, she has so much versatility. So the key for her is keeping her healthy. You know, that's the one thing, knock on wood, she hasn't been able to do and we don't want to push anything. We don't want to rush everything. This is a marathon for us. So having Jackie back, though, just knowing that she's there for the girls, her voice on the bench, um, obviously fan favorite. You know, we all heard the ovation she received when she came on the floor. Um, I think it was just really feel good, and the, and the girls love it. They, you don't ever want to have a man down, right? So when you get your player back, it's, it's really exciting for the girls as well. And it feels like the stars align, right? On the week that you call out the team for not being physical enough, well, here comes Jackie <laughs> David. Yeah, right. Hey. <laughs> no, you know, it's, uh, yeah, Jackie kind of gives you that enforcement feeling. Um, but like I said, Kelsey and I has never backed down from anybody, and neither is Deja Phillips. And we got some other girls that act like maybe they don't like that, but they kind of embrace the physicality. And bottom line, they're going to do what it takes to win. Um, physicality doesn't mean dirty. It just means you have to step up and be strong with the ball and do some different things. And I was really impressed with what we did against Long Beach particularly. And, you know, we're going into a very, very physical game against Cal Poly Slow. Um, and so we need to up that hustle and up that intensity, up that physicality. And it's gonna to be tough going on you know, that road trip after Santa Barbara. So we'll see what we're made of this week. And that was University of Hawaii women's basketball head coach, Laura Beeman. I am up against the clock, so I gotta take a quick break. And then when we come back, we will continue our conversation about UH men's and women's basketball uh, coming up on Wake Up in the Den. 
Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. I am Kule Agbayani. Paul Brecht is on site, as you heard the promo right before we jump back on air. Paul Brecht is on site at Aloha Tower Marketplace, in, getting set up at the eSports Arena, powered by DSE Hawaii. As uh, we have Sharks Weekly coming up following this show, and the featured sport is the newest sport in beach volleyball with head coach Jenik Tumanig joining the show. So be sure you guys stick around for that to hear about the all the planning that's going into a new sport. You know, we talk a lot about a Chaminade and Chaminade having baseball now coming back. I, I keep saying, I keep thinking it's the first time, but I know Chaminade has had baseball, but I guess the new era of baseball for the first time, but HPU for their part and Chaminade as well are bringing in beach volleyball. So that'll be a really exciting for you guys to stick around to hear about a beach volleyball coming into town at HPU. All right. So we were talking we were talking about a uh, University of Hawaii uh, men's and women's basketball. Well, women's first, as we heard from coach head coach Laura Beeman prior to us going to the break. As we mentioned, they are getting set to play UC Santa Barbara today. That game will be at five o'clock p.m. Hawaii time and you can watch it on ESPN Plus, and she said it as well that I'm sure the Gauchos have had this a game circled on their calendar as Hawaii came back from a 15-point deficit at halftime to beat UCSB 61-59 in last year's Big West Championship Final in Henderson, Nevada. You know your girl was in attendance, including all of us, going crazy for our Rainbow Wahine as they pulled off that come-from-behind win. And Hawaii leads the all-time series with UCSB 34-20 to and is 13-12 and in Santa Barbara. And Hawaii, though, they are off to a very, very hot start so far. We've mentioned it before with them only having one blemish on their record, starting off 6-1 and one in Big West play for the first time under Laura Beeman. It's the program's best conference start since the 99-2000 season when the Bows opened 9-1 as a member of the Western Athletic Conference. So still need to play the games. They are currently a half a game. So that's it. Only half a game ahead of UCSB in the conference standing so far. And that's simply because UCSB had fallen to Cal State Fullerton uh, last weekend. So it's going to be a huge matchup if there's anything to anticipate. For Hawaii's part, though, we mentioned this, I believe, on Monday's show. But Lily Wahinekapu, this is another thing to look out for in today's game, is just four points away from reaching 1,000 for her career, including her freshman season at Cal State Fullerton. So a lot of exciting stuff for the women's basketball squad. So again, today, 5 o'clock p.m. Hawaii time, and you can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Some of the the players, and Coach B actually mentioned a couple of these players in her media scrum there to look out for on Santa Barbara's side. Now, the, it's interesting because these are a couple of players that didn't do much during the championship game last year. 
But so far, they've been having some pretty good seasons. They are led by senior forward Alexis Whitfield. That's the one that Coach B said is kind of the tweener. So she's a forward, but can probably do some guard things. I can imagine maybe similar to like an Imani Perez who can play as a quote unquote big, but also can shoot the three. So Alexis Whitfield is averaging 15 points per game and senior guard Alyssa Marin is averaging 11 points per game and she is she's someone to watch and guard on the outside because she is shooting 45% from 3 so it's it's neat how things can change from one season to the other because again didn't do much last year in the championship game but so far these two players for the Gauchos are off to the start and leading the team and that loss it was kind of a surprising loss too that to Fullerton losing 80 to 67 and Hawaii had beaten at Fullerton in their first game so far this season 59-49 but you know what I'll be doing today (laughs) as we always do when it comes to basketball all right moving over to the men's side they also host the defending so it's crazy how it swapped how last year it could have very well easily been something similar to what Hawaii did during you know Coach Gannat's like first start is both UC Santa Barbara teams were that close to both winning the title last year and the Rainbow Wahine spoiled the women's side. But UC Santa Barbara are the defending league champs. So they return uh, our team host UC Santa Barbara, who is off to kind of a, I guess, an underachieving start. If you guys have been listening to this show, we've talked a lot about AJ Mitchell and the talent that he is so it's kind of interesting to see them not at the top of the Big West Conference so far again we're still very much in or very early on in the conference season so Hawaii right now to their part 10 and 9 overall 2 and 5 in conference and the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos are sitting at 500 at 4 and 4 in conference so that game tonight in the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center tip off is at 7 o'clock p.m. That's where I'll be. But something special about today's game is that the Rainbow Warriors are actually participating in the Coaches versus Cancer initiative where coaches will wear sneakers while players will wear various pieces of pink gear. And all fans that are attending are encouraged to wear pink to the game. Uh, throughout the, the pregame, the Bohana marketing team will be handing out 600 I Suit Up For signs for fans to write someone in their life who has been affected by cancer. In the second half at a media timeout, fans will be asked to display their signs to be shown on the video board along with the players and coaches. So that's something to look out for. Wear your pink, represent, and because I feel like everyone has one way or another been affected, whether it's been personally or you know somebody very close to you that has been affected by cancer. So that's a big thing going on. For today's game and I wanted to make sure everyone knew about that so wear your pink and support the initiative again coaches versus cancer initiative uh, where the coaches or will wear sneakers and the players along with the fans in attendance will wear pink and get your signs seven o'clock p.m. see you there all right so I kind of um, told you guys that I was going to talk about this earlier because I was able to watch a portion of practice um what was that Saturday no I don't know, a couple of days ago. And, (laughs) you know, there's kind of been a lot of question marks. I know for myself, even Paul and a lot of the fans, there's there's just been kind of this frustration and not understanding the lineup. And I've been kind of wondering, 
why are we still figuring out the lineup? But it feels like this late, right, into um, the conference season, things that should have been figured out before. But and normally I'm like, eh, in college sports practice, does practice really determine that much like stuff? (laughs) Because, you know, I just go back to the Allen Iverson thing, like Allen Iverson practice. But there was a difference. Like we talk about Ryan Rapp getting the start. And yeah, that kid works really, really hard in practice. And from what we see in practice and what I saw, he actually does look really good. And you, it's started to been re, be reflected on the court. I do think he's made uh, significant strides throughout his time starting. It just seemed a little odd considering that he would start and only get like five minutes of playing time and you put in Matthew Cotton. But it's been difficult to figure out because you look at a player like Matthew Cotton in practice and yeah, he doesn't seem as aggressive. He kind of seems similar to the Matthew Cotton that I told you guys about when the season first started where he seemed really timid. You know, the look in his eyes was it just was a little I don't want to say lost because that's not fair. He knows he know he knows what he's doing. It's just not the type of the type of vibe for lack of a better term that I would have expected from someone that's coming from a very very good program that is Yale so and he was coming back from injury I know all of that stuff but nonetheless you expect somewhat of a confidence to players like that and I say it time and time again that he is built like a basketball player like he has a very very athletic build he's quick he has he can sky so he is very much built like your basketball player I've compared him recent uh, before to a Michael Jordan type of build obviously not as tall and as built out but the body structure and the way that he moves is very similar to Michael Jordan-esque where he would have that potential should he have a little more of that Uh, Michael Jordan type of mentality like or the Mamba mentality that we all have grown accustomed to saying so that's been kind of the surprise so it kind of explains the tweak in the starting lineup where there's just that inconsistency from certain players and that's what we've seen right like they have a tendency to if they start missing and we've seen this a little bit from Justin McCoy as well where if they start missing shots they get down on themselves too quickly and so hopefully we can start to change that mentality so I know a lot of people and I'm guilty of it like we've kind of all right what's going on like why are the coaches like doing these things but after I got to practice it's starting to make a little more sense to me and which is why I never want to ever come down extremely hard on players or coaches because we are not there part of the daily grind we only see what we see on game days for the most part but from what I saw at practice it kind of made a little more sense so I think what's missing is that we just need a little bit more confidence on the men's side like you watch the women and they just have this swag about them and Coach Beeman talked about like, hey, we just got to play tougher. And that's what this team does. You know, some players don't like to get like pushed around as much, but other players, they almost feed off of that. Like Kelsey Emai, you know, I love that girl. She's hey, she went to Ikea. So <laughs> shout out all my my Hilo and Big Island people because they don't mess around like they're tough. I love my Oahu people. I think we're very, very tough, but there's like another level of my Big Island peeps over there. So that's kind of the mentality that Kelsey Emai has and she's so fun to watch because she doesn't back down and then coach B always talked also talked about Jackie David where she's almost like waiting to get pushed around so she can push back where 
I think we just need to see a little more grit from the men's side and just see them embrace the struggle a little bit more. And I don't know. And I feel like that's what we saw during the or not the off season, excuse me, the uh, non-conference slate and somewhere in between it got lost. So I'm not sure what the answer is right now, but that has just been somewhat of my observations with this team and the players because the talent, like if you're just pure talent, the talent is there. There's a reason why they were selected so high in the preseason poll. And right now they're underachieving just like UC Santa Barbara. So I think today's game is a will determine a lot in terms of where both teams are. And so that's it'll be a very fascinating matchup to watch. But I hope to see you guys at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. I will be my usual uh, crazy twin that will be on the side. So hopefully she doesn't have to get too crazy because we will be winning significantly. But it'll be it'll be a true test today's game will. When we come back, we will close it out here from water polo head coach Maureen Cole and get you some of those updates in high school sports on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Ogbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. You don't write and I've been waiting for your call. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den. I am Kule Agbayani. Paul Brecht is on site at Aloha Tower Marketplace. Almost set to bring you Sharks Weekly. And I apologize. I've been promoting the wrong sport. Well, I somewhat apologize because the schedule that I was given does have beach volleyball. However, uh, Paul just texted me that there has been a change to that schedule as the uh, Sharks Weekly featured sport is going to be baseball. So the two players that will be at baseball today are Vincent Molina and Daniel Johnson, and I believe head coach Dane Fujinaka. So hopefully I can get an update pretty soon. So my apologies. Uh, I guess there was an update to the schedule that I was not given. So it is not beach volleyball, unfortunately. Maybe that'll be next week. We will see uh, what the new schedule says, and we will get you that update. But stick around for HPU baseball. I guess that kind of makes sense as baseball season does start next week, Thursday. Is that February 1st? Next week, Thursday. It starts on February 1st is their first game. All right. But before uh, we get into anything, want to you know make note of women's water polo as they had huge wins. Once again, they upset number one Stanford to cap their historic opening day. So they had beat Michigan and then had... Yep, that huge victory over number one. Yes, number one, our water polo team took them down. Stanford, that is. So before we get into recapping some of that stuff, we will hear from Coach Mo Cole as they get after that huge win and as they get set to return home for their their opening home slate. To start, um, we beating Michigan and then taking down the number one team in the country this week to be honest against Michigan we had a really rocky start uh, I don't know if it's first game jitters or what but we were pretty messy and I was just proud of the way the girls battled back to be able to make an overtime game and then play pretty solid in those overtime periods and carry that over to Stanford I'm just building confidence obviously getting the monkey off our back against that team first time in program history is special but it's also day one of our season and there's a lot more to do and a lot more we can improve on so focusing on that right now yeah but uh i mean to both overtime and to, to start the season that way does that kind of give some confidence into this group going forward 
Oh, definitely. The more close games that you can play and have success in those close games and make the right decisions, defensively getting stops, offensively scoring goals, um, that definitely builds confidence just knowing that we've, we've been there and we've done it rather than playing you know, teams that were winning games by five, six goals. That's why our schedule early is so challenging. We wanted it this way and it's working out. Could you talk a little bit about Bia's contribution and, and what she's meant to this team so far early on and, and certainly last weekend, uh, you know, her performance? Uh, she did great. You know, she does exactly what we expect her to do. She attracts a lot of attention. She finishes well. She plays solid defense. Uh, she creates zones for the outside players and most of all she just loves the game, you know, like she, she makes everyone around her feel good, she works hard, um, and it's just fun to have her around. What do you think is, so far, you know, after this first weekend, what do you see as being one of your strengths that you really feel like you capitalize on as, as the season goes along? I think we have uh, diversity. Although Via attracts a lot of attention, we're fast. We can create counterattack opportunities. We have shooters on the perimeter when there are zones created. So I think we're pretty balanced. We always need to improve on our six on five, five on six, uh, and just our individual defensive skills. I think we still have a lot of youth. Um, so really focusing on just getting individually better, and obviously as a team. But there's some mistakes we made throughout the weekend that we could do without for sure. And then with Princeton uh, coming up on Friday, just talk a little bit about um, you know the, the difficulties they possess and uh, you know some of the things you got to do well to get a victory against them. Uh, they're a super solid team. They upset Cal in the quarterfinal last year at NC2As. Uh, they're very balanced. They're strong. They're fast. I mean, we got to play a good game. We've got to be well-rounded offensively, defensively. They're strong at the center position. Uh, again, they're very balanced, so we just have to play good team defense and, and push the counter. Excitement to uh, get the home slate kind of started after starting out on the road, especially with uh, tough teams. And now, like you said, still quality teams. What's the excitement level to kind of get things rolling now back here in Hawaii? Well, we always love playing in our home pool. The home crowd is always awesome. This place is amazing. And to get quality teams here, we're just super stoked on it. I get to be one weekend at home before we're off on the road again next weekend in a big tournament. Yeah, and uh, you know you kind of already mentioned it. You still have some things to improve on. So this weekend, what, what's kind of the step that you expect to see from Our six on five was terrible last weekend, our power play. So we've been, really been focusing on that, just learning our reads, how to move the ball better. Uh, I think that's a big part of the game. It always makes a big, a big difference on the result. Um, and then, like I said before, just our individual defensive, uh, just being able to play one-on-one -on -one a little bit better than we did last weekend. Do you sense any added motivation from the players uh, because they know that it's, it's your last go You know, the way I look at it, this group is only together in 2024. So whether it's my last year, it's our last year as a group together. So I think we're all motivated for each other. It's not about me, it's about this group because this is the only year that we get to be this team. So I think we have a pretty good mutual respect for everyone on the team and we're all motivated for, for each other. And that was University of Hawaii water polo head coach Maureen Cole, a.k.a. Coach Mo. As she mentioned, it's their final time as a group together as this is Coach Mo's final season at the helm for the University of Hawaii. And what a way to get it started, start opening their season on the road and beating 
Michigan and Stanford in overtime. So they beat Michigan, who Hawaii, by the way, is ranked number five right now. Michigan ranked number 13, excuse me, and Hawaii beat them 14-11 in overtime. And then in game number two, Hawaii takes down number one Stanford Again, in overtime, 9-7. So huge wins. What a way to open up the season for women's water polo. And then they return home this weekend for the Rainbow Invitational where they will host Princeton tomorrow at the Dukonomoku Aquatic Complex and then Azusa Pacific on Saturday and Fresno State on Saturday as well. So Friday's match is at 6 o'clock p.m. Saturday is a doubleheader if you will. Uh, First game is at noon and then second game against Fresno State is at six. And, you know, if you guys can, like if you, especially if you live in town, I know it's kind of difficult, like if you, especially on a Friday, but maybe on the weekend, I encourage you guys to come and check out water polo because the games are actually, they fly by. Like it's only about an hour of your time really because I remember going to my first water polo match and I'm still learning a lot of the rules. So I can't give you guys like, the exact insight on everything like there were some terms in there that I don't understand but I'm learning but I just want to if you guys can stop by and support this water polo squad I mean the games are really short and they go by quickly because I was shocked at how fast it was when I went there I think I don't think it's more than an hour at water polo matches so I hope to see you guys there I'm going to try to get out there a lot more this season as well and uh, bring you guys some updates as this is coach Mo's final year and she's been very very successful and you don't know they're a team that always wins as we kind of say on the show I know a lot of Hawaii people when it comes to some of the main sports that we talk about like football and men's basketball you know people don't go to games because it could be expensive or we lose well here are some women's teams like water polo and women's basketball that it's not expensive I mean water polo is free and women's basketball is like kids are free and it's like seven bucks for an adult ticket and they're winners so hopes you guys will come out and support this squad all right So to wrap up the show, hopefully I have some time to go through this really quick, but we are bringing you girls basketball action tomorrow as uh, it'll be the second round of the OIA girls playoff, right? Girls basketball playoff with Moana Lua hosting either Mililani or Kaiser. The first round gets underway today. Again, Milani Kaiser. Other games are Roosevelt, Pearl City, Kailua, Nanakuli, Lelehua, and Kalani for Division 1. Uh, Division 2 is Farrington and Kapolei have buys. Then you have Wainai versus Kalaheo, McKinley versus IAL, all getting underway today. And we'll give you the updates tomorrow. All right, coming up next, stick around for Sharks Weekly featuring HPU Baseball. Gotta go. I'm Kool-Aid. Bye. <laughs>